Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Frames Per Second Podcast. All right, so this Jordan Dot, episodes seven and eight, I think we only have, we're coming on the last two episodes this upcoming Sunday, and then there'll be a wrap on uh, us reliving the 90s, uh, the Bulls run in the NBA. What did y'all think about episode seven, which I believe mostly dealt with um, his father passing and, and him leading towards uh, leaving, retiring from the NBA the first time? Uh yeah, pretty much. What, what were y'all thoughts on his relationship with his father and how close he was? Made him who he was. Uh, I, you know, without his father and, and honestly his siblings, Michael Jordan wouldn't be Michael Jordan. Um, so I think I think it was very important for them to show that. Um, and you know, we kind of touched on that. I want to say last week too, but um, but yeah, man, I, th- I think it's an important part of the story. What about you, Ken? You know what? I was um, I was surprised they went there. I was surprised they went there with the the, the gambling stuff, um, and the the suspension. They addressed the conspiracy. I was like, oh shit, they really gonna do it? And and they did. Um, it after I thought about it a little, I guess what better way to kind of squash the rumors than to do it this way? when you have 5 million people watching over and over again. So, um, so yeah, but that was one of the things that, that shocked me um, about the last two episodes. So, Ken, let me ask you, because you talked a little bit about the gambling. Do you feel like NBA players now can get away with stuff like that? And also, do you think it was detrimental to Michael Jordan? Um. I don't think they could get away with that. Not now. Uh, that was even back then a very highly talked about story. It was slanderous. It was, you know, detrimental to his relationship. They used it to bring him down. So if something like that was to happen now, it would probably de- damn near destroy a player. And it forced him out of the league in, in all honesty. So no, I don't, I don't think anybody can get away with that now. And I, it did negatively impact Jordan. I, I, I understand where Jordan was coming from, though. You know, I think that when you live life in that type of microscope, when you live life in that type of fishbowl, you need releases. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I, I definitely don't, don't, don't think our celebrity is nowhere near what Michael Jordan's was. And even just from normal life, like we need releases, we need video games, we need vacations, we need this, we need that. So I couldn't even imagine um, not being able to just say, being a grown ass man, being an adult, and go spend you know time in a, in a in a casino or whatever, what have you, as long as I do my job. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just think that this whole being um, an idol, be, be, being a role model. I understand when athletes don't necessarily want that title. 
because it's like it's so it's so unfair yeah and and i think the thing that i was once i knew they were going to go well the conspiracy part aside that stern and and he uh discussed um i was really trying to hear something to convince me otherwise like than the stories that i heard back at the time they really provided no answers it was just he was driving home or he was driving late pulled over took a nap somebody just happened to see this car on the side of the road it didn't look like it was a a ferrari or anything like that and but it's it was a lexus sc300 and at the time it was a, a very luxurious car yeah because okay. they stripped the parts didn't they when they found the car later on That's, that could be part of the cover-up Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know but yeah it was just it was it was awesome maybe i, I don't know it, I, I still didn't hear anything to convince me that he just pulled over on the side of the street and went to sleep to take a nap like I, jeffrey jordan bro you can stop it i don't know where he was i can't remember exactly the location and far he how far he was from a hotel or something like that but it's just still weird do y'all think that was the biggest thing that made him retire or was yeah. it just more of like what FIFA was saying, like the the accumulation of everything of trying to be a role model to mm-hmm. working as hard as he no. did? It, it was his father. It was his dad um, passing away and then blaming him basically for his dad's death. That was the, the biggest factor. That other stuff, that pressure he dealt with every day. And even though he was getting tired of it, I don't think it pushed him over the edge. What pushed him over the edge was his father dying and being blamed for his father's death. That hurt. You know, a person like him, that hurt more than anything else. Yeah, and, and you know, um, I, I think what added to that, I'm not going to say it was the root cause, but I think what added to that was, like, Jordan in his mind had to think, my dad saw me win three championships in a row. None of my contemporaries have done that. Nobody's better than me. I've dominated. What else do I have to prove? Plus, my dad's not here. Plus, he told me that going the baseball route was the thing to do. And he was mentally and physically tired from, you know, the runs that he's been making in the NBA, you know, those runs. So mm-hmm. it's draining, man. It's draining. Did, did you hear what, what – I forgot. Was it his trainer who reported this? Like, after that 92 year, after the dream team, he was like, yeah, I'm about to shock the world, man. I'm about to retire. He said, uh, I would do it this summer or I would do it now. But he but, wanted, but Magic, yeah, Magic Larry, yeah. Larry didn't three-peat or whatever. And then I think he said something else. I'm like, damn, this nigga really just called it? <laughs> like, I'm going to three-peat, and I'm going to go retire and go play baseball real quick? Like, I, I've never understood someone setting their goals like that and just like, oh, yeah, this is going to happen, and that's why I'm going to do it later. But see, but that, that's what separates Michael Jordan from every other basketball player to ever play the game is that – he had supreme confidence in everything he did. And losing was not an option. I think uh, if you go like on ESPN right now, they're talking about when Steve Kerr was saying, um, you know, Phil came into uh, game six of one of the finals games. And, you know, Phil obviously trying to get the, the, the mental status of the team right, right? Because you don't want to build up your team to say, yeah, we're going to win. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then you lose game seven. It's a wrap because that let down. So Phil was trying to tell everybody, hey, look, you know, the challenge is to face this, but also to know that losing is a possibility. Mike looked at everybody and was like, man, we ain't fucking losing. Bulls on three. You know what I'm saying? Just, because that's how he's wired. 
You know what I'm saying? That's why he's so like nobody else catch him. Yeah. Another thing is I wanted to ask y'all because y'all were more around the, around that time than I was, even though I was alive. But as far as like his when he announced his first retirement, what was the world like? What did y'all think? What what kind of craziness was going on? Sports stopped. Everything stopped. Yeah. Sports yeah. didn't feel the same. It, it, it felt like we lost. <laughs> Michael Jordan retiring felt like nothing else really mattered. Mm-hmm. Like there was no sports. Like I didn't want to watch football. I didn't want to watch this. I didn't like Michael Jordan's not playing. I mean, I, I, didn't feel, I didn't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, what was y'all thought? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it was funny because yeah, when that happened, me and my dad was we was assuming that it was because you know the murder of his of his father was why he retired. Like we didn't even. I mean, I wouldn't think I can understand why FIFA was saying what he was saying, especially being in you know being from Chicago, being around it. But I mean, I didn't feel that way. I wasn't like, oh man, like oh shit, something, something, something. It was just kind of like okay. My 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 thinking was who's gonna be the next guy? Who's gonna be the next guys that's gonna you know carry the NBA? Like who's who who is he giving this torch to? You know what I'm saying? So that's that's what I was thinking. But I was also thinking like yeah, I think I think his father passing away, getting killed was like I think that was definitely a reason. Especially looking like okay, he already did the three P thing, you know. And at that time, nine years in the NBA was still pretty. I mean that that was still a, a hefty a hefty, a hefty career. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like he had to play, you know, 19, 18, 20 years. So playing nine years, accomplishing what Jordan had accomplished, gold medal, you know, gold medal winner, all these scoring titles, all these MVPs up to that point, three-peat. So, I mean, it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, maybe – I was like, he probably felt like he accomplished everything that he needed to accomplish. And then, of course, his dad dying was kind of like the – the extra little push to make him like, well, you know, a step away from the game. So that's how I, that's how I felt about the whole situation as it was happening. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't, I wouldn't, I didn't get that whole, the world stop shit for me. Well, I was, I, I felt me personally, I felt like selfish, of course, and nobody wanted to see him retire. That's like, you know, if you, either you were a fan or you were kin, you know what I'm saying? And I was a fan. So in saying that, I, I was hurt when he left the game. But looking back, like I said, looking back at it now, the amount of pressure that man put on himself, there's nobody that can compare. People talk about how he was on other people. Think about how he was on himself. You know what I'm saying? That dude, that dude was, was Superman. He really, really was. And so in saying that, man, he, he needed to step away. He really did. And his dad was his confidant, his support system. That was everything for him. So losing his father at that time, meant more than anything else to him. And also, it was his dad's wish that he, his dad always thought he should have been a baseball player anyway. So let's take on a new challenge. You, I've accomplished all this. Let me go do something else. Because basketball reminded him of his father. So basketball hurt at that point. You know what I mean? So in saying that, I think that was, a, that was the key factor in him stepping away. But he wasn't done because he's the ultimate competitor. So, of course, he's going to go play baseball. He's going to do something else just to prove he can Yep, like I said, um, one, I was happy because I was ready to move on. <laughs> yep, and, and two, I was with B. I was like, dang, maybe it is real. Maybe he really is trying to run from this story, you know, of, of his dad. So I didn't see it the way they put it in the documentary because I wasn't living it. I wasn't around that time, and we wasn't privy to that information. I was just, I was just caught up in the gossip. 
caught up in the headlines. Mm-hmm. Yep. What did y'all think about uh, Phil Jackson? Like, when he had that meeting with him and, and Phil was saying, I think this is the right quote, is like, you're denying a gift to society, but I understand. Like, how would y'all take that as far as in that context was a weird... with everything he's dealing with? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that was a weird statement. When I heard it, I was like, like, he's already giving it to him. What do you mean I'm denying them? This is... Like who are you, who are you to tell me what I'm what I'm doing? It's like I don't know. I, I it just it just felt odd. That was a a weird statement to hear him say that he's basically out there to entertain others. Exactly. But yeah, I, I didn't. Mm. But I think that that comes. I think that's part of the responsibility when God gives you gifts, like He has given Michael Jordan. And sometimes you know you may want to deny it, but you know I I think that it, it's it's just. It's being selfless. And I think it's also Phil Jackson kind of understanding what Michael Jordan means to society overall. You know what I'm saying? Like he is a beacon. He is, he's so transcendent. You know what I'm saying? That if you do not share your gift with everybody, you are denying humanity. And it's just, it's, 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 it's the truth. It's like, what if Michelangelo never painted? You know, like, like, what if all of these great acts that we still marvel at hundreds of thousands of years later, what if that, like, never happened? I think but, Mike but his that same space. But his comment is after three titles, after MVPs, after all-star games. But I'm just saying, like, you, you can play you were, at a high level. But you were saying, like, what if these people didn't do it at all? Like, he's already done it. Like, you've already had memories of it. And on top of that, I was surprised because Phil is the probably the closest person to him at the time when it comes to, like, understanding – like, he's probably like a, a therapist in a way of, like, understanding his mentality and, and how he moves. And, like, you know what he, it should understand, he should be understanding, like, bro, my dad just died. I don't give a fuck about society right now. And, and, and that's true, but, but – but as a hooper, you always can find solace in playing basketball. You can always do that. And up until that point, even though Michael Jordan has accomplished everything that he did up until that point, he still didn't have his Mona Lisa moment. His Mona Lisa moment was against Utah. You know what I'm saying? It's like that original farewell wasn't a true farewell because of, you know, a diminishment of your talent or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, we understood it because of the real life events, but from an artist, from a um, from somebody that just means so much to people, he he internally wasn't done yet. You know what I'm saying? And I think everybody knew that. I knew, I knew as a kid, I vividly remember this. Like I remember watching the um the press conference and I, the whole time in my head, and I was telling my mom and my dad, I'm like, he's gonna come back. Like, like he still, he has so much more to give. Why would he walk away right now? And I understood, you know, all of this stuff, but I'm like, he's going to come back. He's too competitive. Like this is Michael Jordan, bro. You know what I'm saying? Even as a kid, I knew that. And eventually, you know, he did come back. Uh, going into the documentary a little bit, as far as um, his, I think more towards the second episode, where I think this is where MJ thought like he was being a real asshole and that's why he was kind of scared of the doc coming out because this is where we start to see him in practice and seeing how his teammates felt about him in practice or in general just being around him uh 
I, but I feel like most of the people, even just looking at uh, social media, they kind of like, this makes sense. This is exactly how I thought it would be. Why are, are we in two different eras? I know we've talked about this conversation before as far as can that mentality still be dominant or still be useful in this era? I don't think so because I don't think one it's, it's a couple of reasons. One, this era, these players are, are super soft and, and the, the word bullying is thrown around like never before. So it's, you, you yell at somebody too hard and you're going to be called a bully and it's going to come out. It's just too much. And then two, there's not a player to the level of Jordan that's able to do that sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? The only person that could we can consider being that type of person is LeBron and he's not built that way. So in saying that, no, I don't think it's possible in this era. I don't think there's a person that separates themselves as much as he did and to the level that he did that exists in the NBA. And I don't think there ever will be again. You can have that mentality. It don't mean you're going to be able to fulfill it. You know, there are a lot of guys that probably feel like, man, we ain't losing this game and then they go out and lose. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, that, that's what, that's, that's the extra sauce that made Jordan special is that he was able to fulfill those uh, uh, prophecies. So, you know, uh, speaking of that, as far as his leadership, I want to double back a little bit cause from the years that he was gone at playing baseball. And Scotty was the one that kind of took the leadership role of the Bulls. Mm. The Bulls players talked about like, oh, it was it's basically, I felt like it was more like, oh, dad's gone. So mom's running the house right now. It was like, it, it was a little bit more peaceful. Scotty would take, grab you, um, put his arm over you and say like, look, you could do better next time. There's always going to be next time, whatever, whatever. But then it got to that point where Scotty was like, I'm the man still. And Phil didn't really recognize that because it gets they had that um say that. don't say that. Phil I'm knew just that. gonna I'm just gonna Phil say I'm just gonna say Phil if, if MJ was on that team, is he not getting the last shot? But that's MJ. Yeah. I understand that. I'm not comparing to Scotty and MJ. I'm just saying as far as the role of leadership, of them being the leaders of the team. Phil coaching. And he said it. They all said it. Kukos hit shots to win games in the regular season. As a coach and without MJ, I'm going to give it to the guy that I have seen hit those shots and win, and he was a better shooter. Because it's a team thing now. Now you don't have that super alpha guy that's like, no matter what happens, just get him the ball and move the hell out of the way. We don't have that guy. So Phil Jackson is now – that 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 orchestrator he's the one that has to call the shots as to how things are going to play out and he's had and, and ken just said it like in the regular season he's running this play for tony he's hit multiple game winning shots that's where we're gonna go and i understand pippen as well i don't understand him not getting back into the game but mm -hmm. i understand having that ego checked right there i definitely yeah. and, I, and, and 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 i think that it's one of those things that if you're the star player and the coach decides not to put the ball in your hands, you know what I'm saying? You let that coach have it. At the, if Tony Kukos would have missed that and they would have lost that game, uh, Scotty should have went off on Phil. Right. In front of the media, you, 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 you say, hey, look, we ran the, the, the right play, this, that, and the third. You deflect all of that. You take all of the blame. Man, you know, I, I should have did something in the third quarter that could help. You know what I'm saying? You, we know how the rhetoric goes. Do that PC bullshit. 
Exactly. But at the end of the day, you know, I was, I was watching, and this is a damn good interview. If y'all haven't watched it, I think it's like a, it's a six or a 10 part interview with Amon Shumpert on Vlad TV, but it's actually a basketball coach that's interviewing him. And he said, as a rookie, he came in and they were playing some team I can't remember. And um, Iman was open in the corner and Melo came and he shot a fadeaway over two people and he was getting all crazy. Ah, man, what the hell? Melo doing this, that, that, ah. And when they get into the locker room, you know, players had to kind of separate them or whatever. And Iman's like, hey, man, I'm, I'm open. You know, that was me. I'm going to hit you this, that, and the third. And Carmelo looked at Shump and was like, I work on that. And Shumper said at that moment, he understood like, okay, they pay him to do, like, that's his job. That's not my job. But if as a basketball player, I decide to take this shot and not give it to Melo, I better make it. Because Melo is the one that has to take the bullets in front of the media. Melo is the one that has to deflect. Melo, nobody's going to be interviewing Shump, even if he makes the game winner. You know what I'm saying? So when you're that guy, you're going to get those opportunities because that's what you practice for. That's what they pay you for. So Scotty was never necessarily that guy. MJ was. So that's the difference. I remember that shot too, because I didn't, I was I was happy that Pippen didn't go in the game. And then he hit that shit. I'm like, God damn, it's the same old shit. <laughs> they keep winning games. Yeah. Did that reveal he, a lot of Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say he made that shot. So it really made Scott look bad because he made the shot too. So what more can you say? The man scored the basket. So it, it was, it was a bad moment for him. Mm-hmm. Looking at it. the story about Bill Cartwright. How he came in there just crying. You know, I, I, I've never been in that situation because I've always wanted to be on the court and I would do anything for my squad. But if like, one of my teammates came to me and was like, man, you really let us down, like, to the point where he's crying? That's tough, yeah. bro. But man, was, that, that was crazy. Scotty Pippen, old punk ass, talking about something. They asked him, he, he, or like, do he regret it? And he don't even regret doing what he did. He said he would he said do, it. do it again. He do it again, yeah. I forgot that was the one where he dunked on uh, you. <laughs> that was nasty. Yeah. That was Top nasty. greatest playoff dunks ever. Yes. Yep. And a step over him like that, that was Yeah, it did the Draymond. <laughs> and then and then he and then he started talking shit to Spike Lee. Yeah, talking well, no, about that was the Draymond. Uh uh that was the LeBron. LeBron did that to Draymond. No. Yeah, I was thinking like looking back on all this, as far as like so far in the in this whole series about Scotty, is it kind of safe to say that he was a bad teammate? Nah. Mm-mm, he not just at had all. a bad moment. Because, like, if we go back to the beginning, remember he got that surgery late for their final uh, uh, championship run because he was upset about his contract and all that. And MJ was a little upset about that, too. He was like, bro, you could have got that done early. You could have been working. You made me have to work even harder to get this last title than I should have. Well, see, here's the thing with that. Scotty laid down a lot of the times, and he sacrificed a whole lot throughout his whole career. For, for for the betterment of the team, for Michael. He was always doing something for somebody else. What happened was, it's just every time he went against doing something for somebody else, it backfired in his face. From the surgery to the um, that one play and stuff like that. And, and that's what people hold on to, which is unfortunate, because you look at everything else, this man was 
selfless. He did everything for everybody else. So he get a bum rap because of those couple of incidents. But for the most part, Scotty was an awesome teammate. Not many people want to be Robin. And he played that role to a T. You know what? When 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 I think about Scotty and, and and the light that they've painted him during this documentary, the person I think of the most is is LeBron. You know, it's just that LeBron never played with that alpha guy that was well outside of Kyrie, and I would say D Wade too, but just D Wade started to fall off. But you know, like it, what 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 Phil Jackson and what the rest of the guys said, like when Scotty didn't play, right? Like when he when he waited to take that um that surgery. He's the glue. He he made everything else so easy for everybody. You know, say he was the point forward. He the initiator. He would take on the, the the toughest defensive assignment along with MJ. But you know, like Scotty was bigger and longer. Um. So so to hear that, like every time I hear that, I'm just like, he's just a smaller version of 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 LeBron. And if LeBron would have made some of those same decisions that Scotty made, oh my God, we like we already crucify him. I think that anybody in the modern era, we would crucify even more than Scotty got crucified. Yeah, he just had two bad moments. I don't know. I just, I, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying this documentary is making me look at Scotty a little bit different. I didn't realize all this stuff went down even during the championship run. Like, not to say he was in the wrong throughout the whole time, but especially that last shot. It's kind of like as the leader of the team, you gotta you gotta set the example because that's what I would think he would have learned that from Jordan. He looks bad, but mm-hmm. but but what else though? What else did you see that would make him look bad right. other than those two incidents? And you gotta think about it. this man was there for what? How many years was he there? Since what eighty five? Right. So so he really didn't like I said. If you look at his career and the span of even let's look at his whole career. Scotty was more, like I said, he was he's more workmanlike. He got along. He did what he's supposed to do. It's just a couple times he la- he stepped up or, or, or felt like he was making a statement. They were the wrong statements. He didn't consult. So that's pretty much it. He doesn't have like a whole bunch of stuff or baggage to go along, you know. Uh, going on to as far as this last championship run and just their whole uh, their whole kind of 90s era run in general, Ken brought up the question in the chat, and, and I think it's an interesting one. I think a lot of people have thought about this. Like, would he have won without Phil? Seeing how Phil Jackson, not only during the time where MJ left, he kept his team afloat, almost even got them to an NBA Finals um, with just Scotty and the boys. Like, is it – this just seems like it's the, the uh, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick question. Who could do it without uh, the other? Uh, what are y'all thoughts on that? Well, so a, a bit of background. Um, so I was watching First Take, and Max s- said that Jordan was so great, eventually he would have won a championship, uh, regardless of of who the coach was. And I don't know if I necessarily believe that um, because once he had that triangle and once he had, I like, and all those pieces fell into place, like he couldn't be stopped. So I don't know if without the, without Phil coming along and saying, install it, 
the intense winners, installing the triangle, and then saying you need to trust your teammates. I don't know if he would have ever adopted that mindset because he was just wired so differently than everybody else. If you didn't go along with that, he wouldn't have wanted you on the team. He even said it. He almost came to tears in the documentary. He was like, if you don't want to give it your all or play or be willing to sacrifice, then what are you doing it for? Like he said, winning has a price. And he was willing to pay that price. But there was another price that had to be paid, and they needed field to really instill that in him along with the perfect system. So I'm thinking about all of the other coaches that came along that he could have went with, who he could have won with. Maybe Larry Brown, you know. Um, but there wasn't a lot of coach. Maybe Pat Riley. So I don't, I don't know. I think sometimes, man, like the universe just lines perfectly for you. And you get everything you need in order to win. When we look at LeBron, like he needed Tyrone Lou to win his championships. And it was Spolstra, but he wanted with two different coaches. So I, I, when, I, when I heard him speaking so definitively about that, like it was just an absolute fact that if he didn't get Jordan, if he, he would have won without Phil Jackson. I don't think that's true. Do you, do you think that he wouldn't have won a single title without Phil? I don't think so. I'm leaning to no. Because I would, I would say that he would have won at least one. I would yeah. give him just one. Where now, and how, would, though? I well because I I believe that I believe that he was eventually going to get I, I just think the team was going to be good enough because I think how he started those teams were so sorry that eventually that got good enough like as far as the players that are coming into the league have gotten better now I will say this I don't think he would would have won championships without Phil like I don't think he would have won two three four five six and I would even take it a step further I don't think he would have won two, three, four, five, six without Jerry Krause. I think that Jerry Krause is more important to Michael Jordan as far as his success than Phil Jackson. Man, look, I I, I believe in that man. I believe that, that that man did it with more than one cast. I think that he would have definitely won at least two championships. I just don't think he would have went through his career without winning one. He willed them. He, he was able to will them and push people to the next level himself. Now, Phil had a, a heavy hand in that, but it was more Tex winner than Phil, even, if you want to want to be technical about it. So if you're saying uh, if Tex winner's not there with the triangle offense, then some things may have been different. But for the most part, I think Jordan would have at least willed them to one, maybe two championships at least. Because I think with, with another coach and a completely different system. Yeah. I That's what I'm saying. Phil Tex was... meant just as much as Phil. So Tex winner being there uh, – made the difference but still I, I just think he could have done it I think he could have willed him there I don't know man I just think that Phil was the he was the best guy to to teach the triangle because of his philosophy and how he is as a coach and all that and we've given him compliments on that already I just think that with Jerry Jerry had everything like he knew exactly who he wanted before even Phil knew exactly what he wanted, you know? Like, Jerry was the one who told Phil, this is what you got to do to get into the building. Then he said, all right, we already got this dude right here who has a system that I like. I want you to learn from him. 
And then once you learn from him, we're going to kick Doug out. Like, it's it's just, like, everything Jerry did is like, – and then, like, even the trades he made, even though some of them were, like, uh, people were upset with, they worked. Like, nonetheless, they worked. They got they got him six titles. And I know people were saying that he was a snake and he was backstabbing, but this is business at the end of the day. We always talk about sports as being a business, and, like, and the ends justify the means. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I, I just give Jerry credit for signing Scotty for pennies. <laughs> exactly. Like, look That's- at that contract. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great contract business-wise. hmm Yeah, I... All right. All right, FIFA. But um, I don't know, man. Like, I maybe. I mean, but I can't find one player that has really won it by himself. And – You mean, like, as far as, like, having a, either a good supporting cast or great coaching? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, who, who could have been the coach to get him over, over, over that hump? Who could have been the, the guy to instill those other philosophies that he didn't have, those disciplines that he didn't have? I think he needed those things. I mean, I think, a lot, of, I think a lot of great players at some point, all of the greats that won championships, they had either one thing or the other, Ken, either a great supporting cast, a great Robin, I mean, a great uh, Robin to their Batman or, or, you know, a great coaching system or a great coaching staff. You know what I'm saying? Zeke won it with, you know, with, with the goons and Chuck Daly. He had a great coach, mm-hmm. Chuck Daly. Yeah, you uh, you know, even even the the old four pistons. We had Larry Brown. You know what I'm saying? Larry Brown instilled philosophies that you know Chauncey Bills wasn't getting before he got there. You know what I'm saying? And Magic. Magic had Pat Riley. You had he had James Worthy, you know, like all the great Larry Bird had had Robert and Kevin McHale. You know, like if it wasn't great coaching, it was it was a great supporting cast, man. You had a great one and two and three guys with you, man, to to help you wield those championships. Did um who who all did LeBron win champ? Did LeBron win a championship with um Pratt? Black? Nope. Oh. Pratt. Yeah. That's what the he only, he only he only won with Lou and Spolstra. That's it. Mm. The only Wade, coaches he, LeBron. Needed, he needed Wade, Wade and Bosch. And then he needed, of course, he had needed Kyrie. And and Wade, look at Wade. Wade is a guy that won one pretty much by himself. He had Shaq and all those other guys, 
But Pat he got Riley, Pat though. Riley. Yeah, Pat Riley, Riley, Pat Riley stepped out of the front office and came and coached. See what I mean? So who would be like Tim Duggan had Pat had Greg Pop, the great Greg Pop. <laughs> right. So is Ty, is Tyron Lue a great coach like that? You say would you say LeBron did it when he wanted with Lou? LeBron had he had a Robin in Kyrie. So that goes to Ken's point. Right. But hell no, nah, Ty Lue ain't no great coach. That's what I was thinking. He had a he had a Robin and so did Jordan with Pippen. So who's to say he couldn't have done the same thing? But they didn't win with Black though. Like they went to the finals with Black, but they didn't win it with Black. Um, it was lose uh, whatever he did. Shit. <laughs> that it seemed like he didn't, do, he didn't do much. I don't. I think it, was, it just seemed like Lou was the guy that everyone liked over Black because they, they got they with, still got to the finals. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna give Lewis his credit because I know that because I saw the same thing with Black and the difference was they won, and the difference was one of the differences. The key difference was a change in coaching. Who was the head coach the first time LeBron went to the finals against the Spurs? Mike Brown. Mike Brown, I think that was Mike Brown. Yeah. Okay, so Mike Brown, David Black, and Ty Lue. What do they all have in common? LeBron. Well, I was gonna say they all ain't shit without LeBron. <laughs> like I, I, that's why I, I think LeBron is probably the only person you can say that he won the title without a head, without a good coach, or a, um. Well, like I say, either 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 good coach or you got a great a great supporting staff. He had D Wade and Chris Bosh in his four title runs. He had Kyrie in Cleveland and Kevin Love. So either one or the one or the other, one or the other. Yeah, LeBron's the closest to that argument. And I think, like I said, I just think Michael could have done the same thing. I think he was working his way to that point. Just like I he, know, he felt like he needed to work out that summer to get stronger to beat Detroit. He was going to figure it out. That He was going he was going to work himself. In to that era, though. Do you think do you think he would have you think he would have still got it with Doug Collins being a head coach? No. I was thinking he could have I was thinking he was close with Doug Collins. He could have he could have got over the hump with Doug. Okay, now we're talking. So now, because how far did they get with Doug Collins? ECF? Yeah, East County yes. Finals. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe. That's what I was thinking. Okay. So I think I'm going But Doug Collins' philosophy was pretty much give Jordan the ball and get out the way. Get out the way. <laughs> but but remember, the one of the catalysts for that next year, B, was what? What happened to the Pistons? You said what again? I said, what happened to the Pistons the next year? And one of the things that helped them get over that hump outside of Scotty Pippen, Jordan, Scotty Pippen became Scotty Pippen, and the Pistons got old. Yeah, and the Pistons yeah. got old. Pistons yeah. got old. Zeke was hurt. Yep, so, Zeke had a bad wrist. Zeke had a so bad yeah, wrist. So okay, okay, maybe I'm, I'm, maybe I'm coming around then. Maybe I'm coming around. If they didn't replace Doug Collins with Phil Jackson and Tex Winters and um, and just love Collins there with the descent of the Pistons in terms of age and 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 just overall talent, the issues they were having that year, um, they probably still could have beat them because they probably still would have been pissed about the net. Because yeah, because they beat they beat up the Bulls with, when Doug Collins was there, so they hit the gym before Phil took over, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Okay. All right. I, I think I think we there. I think we're there. I can see it. They probably don't win more than one. So does does Phil Jackson 
where does he rank as far as uh, NBA basketball? Is he number one? I mean, most people, yeah. I mean, because, I get, yeah, yeah. Most people say it because of the rings. You know, it's like him or pop. They say they, you know, Jordan. He got he got six with Jordan and five with Kobe. And, you know, you know, three with Kobe and Shaq, and then two more with Kobe. He got eleven. So they're gonna automatically. The field is the is the default answer, I guess. Most people will say because because of the most he got the most rings. But uh, yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, I'll go with yeah. pop. I like pop. I, I like pop. Know, too. I can't argue pop either. I mean, because look, pop what, did it longer. Well, yeah, he was more consistent long. Yeah, he yeah, he was definitely consistent longer. Than Pop Jordan. did more with less. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people look at too. They like, oh shit, well, Pop had pretty much Tim Duncan and a whole bunch of international players, like and he and he won five chips. He won five off that. Would have been six if it wasn't for the Ray Allen Miracle Three. I mean, we'd be we'd have been looking at Duncan with six rings. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I don't have no issue with Pop. Like, if you say Phil Jackson, okay. If you say Greg Pop is the greatest, okay. Like, it's, 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 not, it's one of those things where I'm not going to, like, look and be like, oh, hell no, automatic answer is Phil or automatic answer mm-hmm. is Greg Pop. Like, you can't go wrong with neither one of those answers, in my opinion. No. Yeah, I, th- I, I really enjoyed it. I never really seen <laughs> – uh, Jordan get this emotional. It was like a high and low because, like, that conversation they were talking about with the uh, when they were in the finals against the Seattle SuperSonics, and and him going against Gary Payton. That was probably one of my favorite parts of, uh, of the most recent uh, episodes. Um, what did y'all did y'all really think that? Did Gary Payton really think that he had it over Jordan? Oh, he still think that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. He still think that. Mm-hmm. And he I ain't gonna change his mind either. I guarantee you Jordan was thinking in his head he wanted to get back on that court right at that moment too. Yep. But because he has but because Jordan went six and nineteen, he has evidence to support him feeling that way. Mm-hmm. Even though Jordan can, and I guess what he was alluding to was being up 3-0, thinking about winning that championship and of course celebrating without his father. So I think that's kind of what he was saying when he had when he said he had other things on his mind. That's exactly what he was talking about. Yeah, but Gary Payton ain't gonna hear that shit. Hey, <laughs> I, I love what he told George Carlin. He was like, "Man, fuck all that shit. <laughs> I would do me." Why did George Carlin? Why did he? After going down to me, after going down two games, I would switch the game plan up. But he went down zero and three, and he and he was, and then that's when GP had to be like, "All right, bro, fuck all this shit. It, it's either do or die right now." Because you lost the first two on the road. Yeah. And you were coming back home. So you 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 don't think you're gonna lose that third game at home. And I think they, only, it was it was two three two format, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so then, yeah. Yeah. Back yeah, so home. that probably has something to do with it. But I still, I still would have I, I would have been thinking about in game in game adjustments and stuff like that. I don't I can't recall, but I would would at least tried it a little bit to see, you know what I'm saying? I might would have gave him a quarter. Yeah, that's crazy. See. It's crazy too, because that closeout game that they won, Jordan was five for nineteen, only shot twenty six percent. It was um, eleven for twelve at the free throw line. Wow! I guarantee, and I guarantee you that eats at him to this day. It, it it probably does, but I mean, 
what I want to talk about before we get out of here was uh was was a moment that people forget even happened. The Nick Anderson steal. Oh wow. Yeah. And then you about in ninety five. Yep. Yeah. People thought this man was infallible. And then the steal happened and then he missed the shot. Yep. Like and then I think and then of course Nick Anderson turned around and said 45. Yeah, he ended up being a joke. <laughs> yeah, he turned around and, and messed up by talking too much, and then he messed up. But, yeah, I, I, what I liked about that, even though Jordan made up for it more than made up for it. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. We already know, we yeah, already know yeah. what happened after that 95 playoff yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we, we know what happened. But, you know, it's just interesting, you know, for, for people, like, to think that this man didn't make any mistakes in, in clutch moments of the game. And it was kind of cool that for them to highlight that and show that. But they also showed that even though he made those mistakes, all that did was add fuel to the fire. And then we know mm-hmm. what happened after that. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that, I, I think that reminded me of that. I forgot what documentary it was with uh, talking about Shaq and, and how his early years before he switched over to L.A. And, like, how I didn't realize how great Orlando was for that brief period of time, they even took down the Bulls. But I, I just feel like – I feel like that steal is the reason why Jordan got three more titles after that. Like, him losing in 95 was like, all right, this one made me realize I need to get back in shape. I can't just come back. I'm not that great enough to just come back from playing baseball to dominate again. And then so he came think, back and had one of the best NBA seasons of all time, man. That's crazy. Exactly. 72 and 10. Mm-hmm. And swept, swept the Orlando Magic the next year. Not just not just come down close, swept them. Didn't even give them a shot. And this was still a healthy penny at the time. A healthy yep. penny and a healthy shack. And and he came back and swept them. Who was the one that said 45 ain't 23? Nick, Nick, Anderson. Nick, Anderson. Nick Anderson. Oh yeah, that's that'll be forever etched in his uh, on his resume. Uh, whatever you know, etches him to missing them free throws in, in game one, yeah, of the NBA Finals against Houston. That's, yeah, that's what's gonna be. That's that's, that's what's gonna be. But you, but you know what? What I learned from this documentary is he might not even say that to Jordan. Jordan could have made that up. <laughs> Bro, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan no got horse. motivated by, by every little thing, man. Any little thing will motivate Jordan, man, and just he snaps. He go off. Horace Grant said that. Uh, he said that. He said he. But you know what? Jordan could have told Horace Grant that he said that. That's that's what that's my thing. Jordan used whatever. You talking about that story? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I heard that story before, and that he didn't he didn't really say that. Jordan made it up in his head. To play better next game, so he could take all the shots in the first half. Right. <laughs> he said, "I'm gonna score what he made in a whole game and a half." Yes. <laughs> he was one point shy away. This man is man. Yeah, I can't wait to see how they close it out. Uh, mm-hmm. We are what we got uh, nine and ten coming up, uh, and then yeah, we'll be done. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna hate to see it go. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a hate to see it go. But, you know, it's, it's it's definitely a, a a great, a well you know well produced, well thought out documentary. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would I definitely can't deny that. I definitely, I mean, I, I definitely enjoy watching this. Like I said, the the basketball fandom in me is loving this. The the, 
Detroit in me is like, fuck Michael Jordan. So <laughs> it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm still not, I'm not going to be stupid. My eyes are not stupid. Jordan is freaking great. Okay. I'm not, I, there's no way I'm going to deny that no matter, no matter as much of a Detroit guy I am, I'm not going to deny the greatness. I'm not going to let my personal feelings deny how great and how savage this man, Michael Jordan was on the court mm-hmm. and what he did to the game of basketball. So, I mean, yeah, no, I'm taking all that out. Just, I'm appreciating this as just a basketball fanatic, man. And just to see how, how Michael Jordan thinks and just see how he how he mentally prepares for shit and how he takes over. And like what Ken said earlier, how he just so confidently will say things and the shit will happen. You know what I'm saying? Like the shit's mm-hmm. crazy, man. Crazy. Hey man, I I was watching Sports Center after and I was I watched them. They played a clip of him. I, I don't know if y'all talked about it, I can't even remember just now, but it, he was saying how he wouldn't like why he did what he did. He was just saying it at that moment. And he got emotional about it. And he told him to break. He was like, cut it. I don't know if y'all saw that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. But just the raw emotion in that man, that man still got it. Like, he's still, it's, he's still the same. And yeah. that's just hard to believe that this man wakes up every day to compete. I remember that story about him punching Steve Kerr. I thought that was like, oh, yeah, they falling apart. They yeah. ain't win. And then, of course, you know. But I love I love how Steve Kerr like embraces that. Like that's like his <laughs> badge of honor that he yeah. got punched in the <laughs> face by Michael Jordan. But mm-hmm. it showed Jordan a lot because Kerr didn't back down where Scott Burrell did. Yeah. You know, and so he was like, okay, now these, these guys are different. Like Kerr is I can go to war with these guys. Cause he didn't know them like that. I saw Shannon Shannon Sharp calling Jordan a, a bully today. I looked at Undisputed and I ended up turning it off. He just kept calling him a bully and saying, like, how it wouldn't fly. He wouldn't be able to do that to players now. And he knew who to pick on. Like, Charles Barkley said that, mm. that he picked on the right ones. And uh, Skip turned around and said, and I, and I appreciated Skip for saying this. He's like, Charles, he came at you. You know what I'm saying? So what are you saying? He talks about you to this day to your face. So why why would you think Jordan would, would – he picked on who was around him to make them better, but he wasn't – Showing no favoritism, it wasn't nobody Jordan yeah, wouldn't say that to. Again, he stayed with uh in the uh, the last episodes before that with, with him and going against Patrick Ewing. Like he was coming at Pac before and after the game. Like he was right. always he had that same energy for everybody. I mean Jordan everybody. was a bully, but I don't think he punched Steve Kerr anymore. <laughs> right. I don't think he picked on Steve Kerr anymore. And that's so what I don't I, people use the word bully, they throw it around as at as a negative, you know, in a negative way, and I and I understand it, but I mean, but he was, we saw it, but he, you know, it, it is what it is. And I, they yeah, championship. I, I will say this: just because your feelings hurt doesn't mean I'm a bully, right? Like, to me, because to me, it's just like sometimes it's a more about you and your and the lack of confidence or the lack of energy or the lack of effort you're giving that makes you realize, especially when you're seeing it from in the same room on the same team every night. If that man is demanding stuff that he, again, like he said, that he would demand of himself out of you, maybe that's more about you and the lack of, you know, motivation mm. you had. And, and and to your point, like Scott Burrell understood it and, 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 you know, he was just too nice to do anything outside of that. Yeah. Steve Kerr fought back 
And, and, you know, both of them went on, but neither one of them, you know, in this particular environment, because sports are hard, especially at that level, went on to do anything detrimental to themselves that we know of. Not when you get outside of that in certain environments, you know, bullying is, is very negative. And, right. but, you know, in this particular instance, this is just competitive sports at a high level. So, but I don't, I, you know, yeah, Skip did say that, but Skip turning on Dak right now. So I don't want to hear anything, Skip. Yeah, I, I was oh. gonna say like, uh, we'll leave Skip where he at. I didn't see that part, but forget. So forget Skip. But the um, but I got your point though. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I but I just it, I, like I said, I, I grew up in a gym where I don't know about y'all, but where I come from, the the older guys were tougher on us, and the, the you know they were tough on us growing up, and that made help make me be a man and help me be more competitive. So I appreciated that so-called bullying, what they would call bullying today. Um, that helped me out. But that goes to show you, too, why a player like Jordan can't be a coach because he is pushing for excellence and using himself as a barometer. Players mm -hmm. like that, great players like that, you'll never reach expectation. You'll never meet where they're trying to get you to go. There's no way. So that's nah. why your coaches are better – that's why it's hard to find one of those greats to be a good coach. Larry Bird did it, but I but a lot of them won't make it as coaches. Jordan wouldn't make it as a coach, and mm -hmm. it's for that reason. He ain't got enough patience for it. No, 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 not at all. That's what I was saying. He'll he'll trade a player right after one conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like I said, Armstrong too. You said what? Yeah. I said shout out to B.J. Armstrong too because I remember that game. Where yeah, he, I, 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 didn't, hey, I didn't know BJ was talking shit like that. They all did. He, he played with him. Why would he? Why would he? Why would he do that, dude? Like, no, he, it was something somebody said, and I respect it. Somebody said that. Um, God, who said it? He said that people were afraid of Jordan. So, hmm. even though they had legit reasons, who said that? He was like, we didn't back down from. Oh, Gary Payton, I think, said it. Yep, Gary Payne said it. He said that the thing about Jordan is he intimidated a lot of people. He said, I wasn't afraid or intimidated with him. So, yeah. yeah, I, know Gary Payton. yeah I know Gary Payton wasn't afraid. I know, but that the, the point is that, yeah, a lot of people, and he earned that reputation, and it took a certain type of character and a moxie to be able to, like, man, I don't give a damn is that Jordan. But at some point, he's going to make you bow down to his will. Charles Barkley learned. And Gary Payton eventually learned too. Right. right. At some point, yeah, you don't have to be afraid of me, but you still gonna go down the same way regardless. But it makes you want, so yeah. But I, I did like that he said that though. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this. I've been enjoying this all these episodes. So yeah, that's really all I got to say. But yeah, this this is increasing Jordan's legacy for me. See now you see why we call y'all soft. This new generation soft man. That's that's not my generation. It ends after that's just <laughs> that's after Z. Because I grew up, I grew up just like that. It, like it was never sweet. Like when it especially in sports, sports is growing up like how I did. Like it was always tough, even when, on each other. Whether it's from the older guys or even us, like we all wanted us to be the best and be great, and that that meant a lot of aggression and friction, but. That's what made us uh, – that's how we pushed ourselves. That's how we got better. Especially after you're getting your ass beat like that, you are, you want to come back and beat their ass. Yeah. Um, 
All right, well, anyway, yeah, we're going to get out of here. I will say that I just pulled up Bleacher Report, and, yeah, there was the call that we talked about earlier. They had it. LeBron, CP3, AD, KD, Giannis, Kawhi, all of them uh, agreed the NBA season should resume. And Yahoo broke the, broke the news. Steph, Dame, and Russ were on the call as well. So they coming back. We'll see what happens from here. But yeah, they they they, they trying to play, man. I'm telling y'all. I keep no, trying I understand they're trying to play. It's just that if somebody gets sick, whew, hey, they'll deal with it. They go, they make them like these are the people that said they wanted to come back. <laughs> go play with all them. Yep. So uh, that's gonna do it for us this week. We'll catch you guys next time. We out. Peace. 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 Peace.